Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hi, everybody. My name is Vivian Aqua, and I call myself the Inclusive Workplace Wellness Advocate. I know I've been MIA for quite a while, and that's, I have a very simple reason. December or the winter months, it's the time of us recharging our batteries, and I've been doing that. I've been recharging my batteries, been reflecting, but also been working with a client, with a few clients here and there, and it's it's the time that we need to reflect, but also take time into self-care. So I've been taking some time into self-care. I've been there, but also I've, I've, I've disappeared on a lot of you. Um, today... I want to reflect upon, you know, what happened in 2021. I know that we have a few days left and I still want to take the time to reflect. So I will announce my guest speakers for today, which is Katie and um, Stacy and Anita Baisa will be joining as soon as possible. But also I want you to take the time to think about what are the good things, what are the bad things, and what are the ugly things, the ugly things that you witnessed in um in 2021 when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. I know that we are not there yet, but however, we are doing our best. We are doing our best to make things happen. And also we are doing our best to challenge companies, to challenge managers, to challenge um, leaders, self-leaders, employees, talent, to amplify DEI to infinity and beyond. So today I want to introduce my guest speakers and Anita will be popping in and out. Um, I am going to introduce Katie, and Katie is a citizen of the world. She is a global HR leader who advocates for inclusive workplace. And Katie's mantra is inclusion is the solution to exclusion. Her mission in life is to break the silence of invisible inequality and neutralizing biases. Anita Baisa will be joining us soon. Anita is the founder of Abais VR, and she's also a professional upgrader uh, who challenges the status quo to upgrade with her. She makes learning more effective and fun by tackling social issues by using VR. And Anita is also my partner when it comes to the Amplify Empathy program. Um, Stacy Bernal is the global is a global change instigator who is passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging. And she empowers audiences one uncomfortable conversation at a time. So know that Anita and Stacy, they are previous Amplified DEI speakers, and I'm hoping to get Katie for next year, 2022 speaker. But today, let's let's start with uh, Katie. And Katie, um, why do we need to humanize the workplace? What's in it for you? Thank you, Vivian, for the question. Um, I think I would start answering by another question. Why mm. not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. Um, if we think about the the workplace, the workplace is our people. So when we think about humanizing the workplace, what does it mean? Um, mm -hmm. Personally, it means that first of all, we are acknowledging um, the people that we are working with and that we do business with being employees, service providers, communities we work with, that's number one. And 
the most effective way of humanizing the workplace is really by um, praising, recognizing what our people are doing. Um, the way that we interact with them, we communicate, um, recognizing them because um, being in HR for 20 years now, I would say it's not about human resources. It's about human relations. Mm. How do you connect with people? They make the difference. So we need to value them more than ever. So this is really why I believe that it's important to stay human and we may remind ourselves that we are human beings first before being working employees in an organization. I like that you share that HR needs to redefine, you know, the definition of the meaning instead of, you know, looking at human resources, which I totally hate, and going back to human relations because those relations can create or break a company, can make and break a company. And given the fact that so many people are able to share their discomfort, but also share the joy, share what's happening to them, share the positive, the good, the bad, and the ugly on different platforms. It's forever to stay. So what is it that you want your company to be known for? Is it a company where people can be themselves or is it a company where people are sharing that it's toxic, which I've been seeing lately. So thank you for, for emphasizing the human relationship part. Stacy. I agree with all of that. And I think, you know, people want to feel a sense of belonging. Mm. We want to be a part of something. And I think this is why we're seeing this great resignation now and everything that we've experienced globally through this pandemic is that we've been socially isolated, we've been distanced, we've been disconnected, we've seen social injustices and and it's been very easy to dehumanize mm -hmm. the people yeah. who feel like the, you know if you're on this side we're enemies and it's spilling over into our workplaces we have to get back to humanizing uh our people that they feel they can show up authentically that they can belong and be valued and be seen and i mean that's what's why we're having issues with employment right now is i think people have finally awakened in the past couple of years and said, I don't want to be somewhere where I'm not valued and I don't belong. And it shouldn't be such a fight to, to feel like we have a place um, in, in our workplaces. So it, it's just so important that companies and organizations are, are treating their, their employees well and, you know, getting down to that, the human factor, we are all human. How can we see, be seen and be valued? I like that because when I when I started my career 20 years ago and for the sake of curiosity, I'm 41 so that you know that I started my career when I was 20. And at the time, it was about you showing up for work, doing your nine to five, especially for me in a domain that I was working as a consultant in the accountancy for a huge firm. It was do your job don't complain and keep it to yourself because the moment that you are sharing something you know that you will be kicked out or you'll be 
um, the person with a lot of burden and a person who has to go through this. And nowadays I'm seeing a difference. I'm seeing people, even though they know what, um, what the penalties can be, and in some cases there are no penalties, they are still speaking up. Why? Because they want to prevent it for themselves, but also they want to teach uh, the companies a valuable lesson. Now, not every day, not, it's not all the time that people perceive that as a positive thing. I do want to say that I see cancelling out as a positive thing because if people are not listening and the people were sharing that as a, um, let's say from a cancelling in perspective and nobody listened, it leads them to only one resort and that is speaking up. So be mindful when people are, are cancelling out most of the time they utilize other cards. I'm not saying all the time, but most of the time they utilize other cards and who wasn't listening to them, right? So thank you. Anita. Hello. Hi. Why do we need to humanize the workplace? Mm, we spend a lot of time in the workplace and um... Actually, if you look at the hours in the hours a week, uh, we spent the most time um, in the workplace. So I think if you if you value your company um, and what it stands for, you should humanize the workplace or else people won't um, won't be able to help you succeed as a company. Um, they're investing their time there. So the thing you could do at least as a leader is uh, humanize the workplace for the sake of your business, but also for the sake of your employees mm. are your most valuable assets. I like that. And also getting to the first question, and I'll start with you, Anita. What is it that you are taking away from 2021? What's the good? when it comes to DEI, what's the good thing that you notice or that you have read? And what is the lesson that you learn from that? Um, we think we see a lot, but we there's a lot of things we don't see and don't know about. We think we have an ID, but actually we don't have an ID. Um, and for us to get that ID is to ask, more often ask, get into conversation with other people and ask. Um, we should stop doing the statements and ask, have, re have real conversation with real people and keeping our curiosity. I think this year, uh, normally I do value my curiosity, but this year even more, I really value my curiosity and I, I have to amplify my curiosity um, and I think one of the best lessons is, um, although I know everyone has biases, um, and a lot of people are trying to be aware of it, it's, it's a, it's a hard job. It's a, it's, it's hard. Um, but focusing on being aware of it, um, that's the best thing you could do. And we should always keep that in mind and therefore be curious and ask questions. So that's the that's the good thing I saw in 2021 that is already starting to happen. Uh, but let's continue that in 2022 also. Mm -hmm. 
And I'll add something because um, I recently partnered with Anita, I partnered with Anita for a while now, but one of the things, one of the collaborations that we had if, is amplifying empathy where it's easy to judge people when you never have experienced what they have experienced. So to make it easier for others, and it doesn't matter who the other is, it can be the white people, it can be me as a black woman, it can be uh, somebody from an Asian root, it can be anybody, any person, any people, binary, non-binary, um, people from the LGBT community, every person has biases. And as long as you are not aware of these biases, and as long as you don't realize the hurt, not the hurt on top of the iceberg, but the painful, the hurt, the hurting part is, is what lays below the iceberg, because that is killing your person from the inside. And once you experience that from a short training perspective, where you are the other, where you are being denied, when you are dealing with microaggression, when you are literally standing in somebody else, their shoes and seeing that, that's amazing. That's amazing. So I have a, a guest who isn't small anymore, but he's coming here. It's Olanda's bedtime. Olanda is my son. You might see him. Yeah, he's he's a little bit lower. I'm standing on the stick. This is Olanda. <laughs> Hi, Olanda. Say <laughs> hello. 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 So bedtime. <laughs> He has to be here. He hasn't been on the show for a while, but he really wanted to be here as well. So yeah, Alondo is the reason why I do what I do. So I really like that. And also, um, it's important for you to open yourself and make yourself, um, let's say, curious. Like I need to say, right? Make yourself curious into what can you learn from the other. And after this experience you cannot unsee what you saw you cannot unsee what you witnessed and you cannot unsee to to the point where you don't do anything and that's how powerful this is but i want to bring it over to stacy thank you it this is a hard space to work in it really is emotionally draining but the good is that from what I'm seeing is more people and organizations are willing to engage in the conversation. Mm -hmm. They, they know, you know, that we have work to do that they want to do better. And so I, I'm definitely seeing that good. And for me, sometimes I feel like, especially in my community, like I am really in an uphill battle. I am a woman of color in a predominantly white male patriarchal community and it's oh, yeah it's 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 hard but i've connected with you your community others who are doing this work and that fills me up and gives me hope so um that's the good that's the good that i get to be a part of and no you know like you and for your son my 16 year old is autistic and i I say in my trainings that I cannot change him to fit into the world. So my exactly. job is to change the world to fit for him. So um, that's, 
that's why we're here, right? That's that's the good. For the people that watch, I lost my awesome card. I cleaned up my room and apparently I did it too well. So see this card as my awesome card. <laughs> and thank you also, Stacey, for sharing that because um, I'm not going to romanticize the work for DEI because there there is a good part that is very fulfilling and that is filling our cup. But people seem to forget that there is also a darker side that if you don't put up your boundaries or don't put any self-care in it or don't associate yourself with other people that understand you, because I need to vent. The things that I'm seeing, and Anita is one of the vending partners that I I use often. She's a good friend of mine, so we 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 use each other to vent, but also not only to to complain, but also to share. Have you seen this? What are we going through? Have you witnessed this? Wow, this is unlocking us. So we don't always share the bad, but we also share the good with each other. And in this line of work, you need that. You definitely need that because otherwise you will go through it alone. And being empathic as I am, I also need to distance myself from that and need to detach the things that I'm seeing as well. So thank you, Stacey, for sharing that. Katie. Wow. Um, to maybe add to what Anita and, and Stacy have said, uh, what I have seen uh, for 2021 is um, if you are working in the DI space, um, the good thing is that next to the engaging into conversations is also slowly but surely, you know, building solid foundations mm. for the DI journey because it's a journey, like you all said. Um, I think if you work in the DI space, um, no assumptions, ask questions yeah. all the time. <laughs> and it doesn't matter uh, who you are. Um, when sometimes I have an issue when I see like DI expert, I think we, can, we are all experts in something. And if we amplify our expertise or knowledge and sharing it with one another, uh, that will help um, not even changing the world, but transforming the world. Because I feel like changing, change has been the permanent factor. Mm -hmm. um, we are, I think, in a, in a space where we clearly need a transformation. Oh, and that's the yes. good thing that I'm currently seeing with organizations that they have or they are starting understanding that what happens in the world, it may not affect them directly in at the workplace, but indirectly, they can be part of the solution and they should contribute to the solution in order to amplify uh, the change that we want to see in communities and behaviors of our leaders or future leaders. Uh, if you just think about a workforce that is, you know, multicultural, multi-generational, you were asking earlier, um, do we need to humanize the workplace? Yeah. Um, I have another question here is, do we still need a business case to explain the benefits of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, access, and you name it? Do we still need a business case in 2021? And moving forward, we don't need that business case, but we do need to have a plan and the plan can be part of the business case to 
at least hold ourselves accountable. So maybe there is a different wording. Maybe it should be accountability planning, as in what, what we are promising and not promising five years to now. No, even though you're making your five-year commitment, I want to hear from you. What are you doing today to lead on to that five-year commitment? Because there is so much out there that 2025, we are this, we are that. But I'm curious, what steps are you making today to walk towards that journey, to make that commitment, but also to show others that you're doing it? And, and thank you, Katie, for, for, for sharing that as well. Uh, my, my take on the good is I'm seeing companies being challenged by their external stakeholders. So what I'm seeing is more and more companies are willingly being more transparent where they started, what happened this year. I would love to see more of these examples, you know, being showcased, but also to advocate for what your company is doing. And one of the ways is adding a supplier diversity program. Because here in Europe, if I look through all the, the purchasing department, I wonder how many companies are actively supporting women of color? How many companies are actively supporting businesses with uh, a neurodiverse founder? How many are actively supporting people that, companies that are led by people that are different? How many? So this is a challenge for the people that are watching or listening to this episode. Challenge yourself, challenge your company. And by challenge, I mean, don't say that Vivian said that I need to advocate and that I need to, you know, uh, demonstrate. You can also start with what are we doing? How can we support other people? I've seen companies reaching out with We Connect, which is a huge organization for uh, supporting uh, supplier diversity for women. But there are also more supply diversity platforms that are supporting different people. And I, I, I wish to see more, not only in the U.S., because I also want to be able to support companies in Europe where more is needed, definitely more is needed. So that's what I wanted to share. And Stacy, let's talk about the bad. Oh, the bad. Mm. <laughs> There's still a lot of resistance. There's still so many negative voices and the people who say that if you talk about the differences, if you talk about diversity, you're the one making it a problem. You know, racism isn't a problem except for that you talk about it. And it's hard to penetrate that kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. There are just some people that I think they might, they might be unreachable. We might not yeah. ever get them to acknowledge or accept that yeah, I mean, even the, the gender pay gap, you know, people that say that that's a myth. And, and so it's hard to overcome those, those types of people. And I, I think in this space and in this work, I allow myself to just know that there's a certain demographic that isn't ever going to buy in. True. And I need to like love that and let it go and yeah. focus on the people who are willing to at least consider these these different possibilities so that's definitely some bad um and knowing that 
I've learned a lot about not making assumptions mm. and, mm. and checking my own curiosity as we kind of talked about, because I have found myself in my own biases and, and going, oh, I didn't realize I thought that way. But as an example, I, I was doing a presentation for a group of women and I thought because they were all women that we were all going to kind of have the same perspectives. And I was very wrong. They did not share a lot of my perspectives. And then on the flip side, I've had men who I make assumptions about them because they are, you know, the, the leaders and, and they've approached me and, and talked about how they've learned a lot and they were really willing to, um, to open up and to consider my lens and, I would not have necessarily thought that about them. So yeah. I've, I've learned to really, you know, never make assumptions, never make assumptions about what other people's people prefer. can really surprise you. So thank you also for sharing that, especially, you know, um, especially when it comes to people who are neurodiverse. And this is a confession that I made um, when I started early on my career. So before me looking into and me studying this inclusive behavior, I used to think of people who have tics or people who are neurodiverse or autistic, they're not my kind of people. But when have I ever made the effort to get to know them, to learn about them? I never did. Yet here I am now making an effort, but of course I also want other people to get to know me. Being judged and being attacked online or um, or somewhere else, it's not easy. And most of the time there is a layer of fear and all we are asking, get to know the people before you judge them because you don't know where they are coming from. And if I share my journey with you, your mouth will be laying there like the cartoon, you know, when you open your mouth and then it lays there on the, in the floor because you don't know my lived experience. You don't know what I've been through and you don't know that after everything that I've dealt with, I am literally still standing. And it's not easy, but I'm standing because of my son. I'm handing the mic over to Katie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing this, Vivian. Um, if I have to reflect on the bad uh, 2021, I'm a positive person by nature, but if, mm -hmm. if I will have to deep dive on, on the bad that I've been able to either observe or witness, I would say I've been a bit more active on social media. Yeah. And when you scroll down on articles, posts, um, you read through them or and you see the comments, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where I see um, the bad in um, the comments, and everybody has an opinion. Uh, but when you see those um, hatred comments, mm -hmm. that's where I see the bad in the human being, yeah. where um, it's probably driven by either fear or ignorance. And again, we have said it many times here on this call, don't make assumptions, ask questions, be curious. The more you ask questions, the more you will get to know about the invisible part of every person because everyone has a story. Um, so the bad is really those hatred comments. And like Stacey was mentioning, 
in 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 my space, I focus. I don't focus on the one third that are like advocates, champions, ambassadors. You don't have to convince them anymore. Mm -hmm. They believe in the cause. You yeah. have the one third that is still like in the middle, skeptical, asking what they should do. And they have millions of questions, but they don't know how to ask a question. Or sometimes they just, they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And then you have the one third where they just decide to ignore and stay in their comfort zone and you know this is something that we have to respect as well and you just have to make um your decisions where you want to put your focus and your energy on and i would say i surround myself with people that will lift me up so this is a show about lifting each other up. So thank you, Katie, for sharing that because I really can feel what you are sharing. And uh, I'm gonna hand the mic over to Anita because th this this is this is a quote that we often t t share with each other as well. Yes, the bad, <laughs> <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, the bad is that we. Um, we are, we, yeah, we have to be realistic and, uh, the bad is that we just started, we're just getting started. Um, the, the, the car just started driving and we're heading somewhere because we're on the journey. Um, but while we're just starting, we also have to be aware that we don't stop immediately. Mm. And for that, um, it's what Katie says. We have to focus on certain people, not the champions, but the people who are a bit of a, a little bit skeptic, but also curious. The people who want to change. Um, that's what we have to focus on. But it's yeah. it's hard. It's I I'm gonna admit. It's, it's hard and sometimes, well, when you're reading these comments indeed on social media, it's it's just a little bit, it's depressing. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to be uh, careful that I'm not losing my faith in humanity. Mm -hmm. But then I also know that um, whatever it is that we see on social media isn't the whole picture. True. So that keeps me going and indeed having these conversations with like-minded people, with people who are fighting and people who are there every day um, doing this work. But um, uh, for the bad, we have to be, we have to keep uh, keep an eye on these kind of people who are, we have people, I don't know if they lost, they've lost their humanity. I, I don't think that it's, it's that, but they are, they, they can be, uh, they can be a danger. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I also, I think we all know that whenever change is coming and people are struggling, the harder they struggle, the bigger the chance that this change will be permanently. So that might also be the thing that we see, Katie. That I think these are the comments we see. Uh, the more they are filled with hatred, the more people notice things are going to change. So people are scared. But sometimes it's hard to keep that in mind. So it, when it comes it to the bad, hard. I think that is the bad because it might it might help us to lose our faith. But at the same time, we're actually going the right way. 
I have a simple technique because before starting Humanize the Workplace, I really wanted to make my voice heard or not make my voice heard, but share my voice, share my insight and not only share them, but have guest speakers like yourself to share their vision because I am inviting people to have a conversation, not a discussion, not a debate, a conversation. And I almost paralyzed myself because I was thinking about, well, you have all these trolls, right? Who think they know you or who have an opinion. And it almost paralyzed me in a, in a way that I almost did not start this journey. So I have a, uh, there is a, there is a video on YouTube where a Turkish woman is being remixed and she shares blocka, 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 blocka. So what I do when I see a comment and I also protect my guest speakers from seeing the comment is I block and delete you because I don't have any time. And again, I'm 41. I'm on a mission. I don't have the time to spend on your shitterade because you want to share something that is hurting you. If you want to have a conversation with me, I'm open to have a conversation as long as it's constructive. If it's not part of my constructive mindset, not today. You can hire me though to coach you. You can hire me to consult you, but I don't do the free 99 commenting because I know that that's not where I want my energy to go. That's it. I also see a lot of comments. So let me, let me, let me share a lot of comments. So Katie, there's somebody loving your voice. (laughs) (laughs) And I see Suganda sharing. So true, much needed empathy in humans. And there is someone else sharing how to humanize dear Stacey. What are these factors? Could you please elaborate? Could you elaborate maybe one factor? I think one way of humanizing is allowing people to show up authentically. So for example, if I don't provide a safe place for employees to feel like they can, if they identify as LGBTQ, if there are mental health, I mean, mental health is still such a stigma. And if someone needs to take a mental health day and there's this, well, I can't take this time off. I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to be penalized. Like we need to humanize all that. Mm-hmm. We need to, you know, stop penalizing people for being human and make them feel psychologically safe and that they belong. And, you know, it's with neurodiversity, gender differences, all of it, just being inclusive, having kindness. I really think kindness is at the heart of it. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for sharing. There was also somebody asking Anita about her uh, her meaning of humanizing the workplace. But if you look back, Anita answered that, so I'm not going to address it. Um, somebody shared curiosity is perfect, but in the workplace, I would not say generally. I think it depends. Um, and also uh, Sean is sharing understanding your task and your audience. That's definitely the case. Um, Salufa is sharing. Thank you, Vivian. I We definitely need more support in Europe. Don't go thinking that Europe doesn't have a problem because we don't talk about it. Does not mean that we don't have a problem. We do have a lot of challenges. And I see Celia, the fear of change drives hate as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Matthew is in the house. Thank you, Matthew, for sharing. I want to share something on my screen because it has to do with the bath. So what I'm seeing lately, and this is happening not only in the US, but I've also seen people on in Europe, uh, in the Netherlands recently. I'm not going to disclose where because that will be breaching. But I'm seeing people sharing their ins and outs about why are they leaving? You know, in the past when somebody was leaving quietly because the workplace was toxic, nowadays people are making videos about different reasons why they are leaving. Now, I'm not going to play this video, but one thing that she, um, this woman is sharing about her working at TikTok, know that TikTok is a Chinese company. I'm not saying that this applies to all the Chinese companies, but it's known for its 996 hours, as in working from nine to nine, so 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and then six days. So she was sharing about that she had to meet with different people from around the globe and that these hours were very tiring for her. Knowing this, she left. Also, she mentioned lack of diversity. Look her up. The video is why I quit my product manager job at TikTok. Now, this is not about bashing TikTok, but know that more and more people, let's say more and more millennials, but also let's say more and more of the older generation are open enough, feeling, feeling free to share this. And if people are looking for a job and they are Googling and find out that this is how they experience it, it looks bad on the company. It looks bad on the department and it looks bad in so many ways. So managers, organizations, what are we doing to make the workplace better to have a better employee experience to have a better uh, a better journey employee journey and also another thing when somebody joins the company you share a lot of candy and a lot of cake and a lot of goodies uh, not literally this is my way of talking but you love them until they come in I want you to love them and see them as a, a, a lifetime relationship. That is, you tango backwards, they tango forwards, and you dance with them. Not literally, but show the love also after six months, after one year, after two years. Where are you? Where do you want to be? How can I support your journey? Because it's not about people applying for the job, but they also want to be wow. They also want to want to see you as a company, as a manager, or as a department making the effort of building up their career as well. That's what I wanted to share. So let's go to the ugly. What can we share? And I'll start with Anita. The ugly. <laughs> Why do I have to start with the ugly? I can also Isn't... start, but you have to go. Sometime. I think it's the ugly cry we do <laughs> whenever it comes, whenever it comes to DEI. Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> the ugly. Um, the ugliest part is that although we think of ourselves as being human, being very innovative, modern, when it comes to DEI, we're not. We're, we're not even better than animals, other animals, because it's, um, 
if we really want to be modern, if we really want to be innovative, then um, it doesn't make sense what we're doing when it comes to DEI. That's the ugly. Yeah. Be real. What are you doing? What are you saying? Because if it's lip service that you're doing, then I would say become an anchorman or have your own podcast show or do something where lip service is valuable because nowadays people see through your bluff and see through the words that you are saying. And even I, I mean, I have to hold myself accountable, right? So know that whatever you're saying, whatever you're promising, even my eight-year-old, if I make a promise, I know I'm done because he will hold me accountable until I fulfill that promise. And that's, that could, that goes the same as in businesses. What are you promising? You can promise the rainbow or start with maybe two colors of the rainbow and work towards inclusive. Train people to know more about being inclusive and what it means to be uttered, what it means to deal with isms in the workplace. Because I don't want my son to go through that, but I also don't want other people to go through that because there's so much hurt in that. And it needs to end. True, and that Thank and you. that's the that's the thing. Um, we 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 often think nowadays we know everything, mm. but still we don't know nothing. We don't yeah. know nothing about other people, and that's why we have to have these conversations. But also, we're often. I, Often I heard about the business case of the EI, and sometimes I'm getting a little bit tired of this business case because it it's well, like I said, it doesn't make sense. Even mm-hmm. when there are so many researches, I can't see any research anymore. I want action. I don't want another research. I want I just want action. Yeah. But even when it comes to that, even if the business case is already proven by so many researchers still people aren't paying attention to it. So it's it it's not about that. It's really not about business case. And people who want to make money on this, well, I think they did they probably could do this in the first phase when it was about master classes without actions or keynotes without actions. Mm-hmm. But well what like I just said the car started driving, so now we need action. So if you're attending any kind of event or training or whatever it is that you're doing, and nobody offers you some perspective of taking action, you should ask your money back. Ooh. <laughs> Send awkward. your complaints you to Anita, though. It's, <laughs> it's not me, it's Anita. But <laughs> I, I, I do agree that every training has to end with something tangible that people can can act upon from day one. They need to do something from day one or else something never happens. So thank you for sharing. The rest of it you can read on Google. (laughs) (laughs) Stacy, do you hear that challenge? Do you agree? (sighs) Yes. (laughs) The ugly is that there are real world consequences to not addressing these issues. Uh, Locally uh, here in Utah, and this became a national headline, in November, a young uh, 10 year old black autistic girl took her own life. Mm, And 
it was the result of bullying. It was the result of racism. It was the result of ableism. It was the result of the school system and her teacher and the principal and the administration. It was a culture that let her down. It was a whole system. And like that broke me hearing about this girl's death. And we need, we need to do something about that. Like, that's why I I do what I do because, you know, we talk about our implicit biases. We talk about discrimination. They trickle down and they're impacting our kids. And if we don't start changing this now, I mean, for a 10 year old to feel that so much, to feel that sense of hopelessness. And I mean, she, she told her mom that she could tell her teacher didn't like her and I, you know, those, that's the ugly, that's the ugly is that it's hurting people. It's hurting, you know, anyone who's different, the LGBTQ people, the disabled people. So, you know, I feel like there are days where I want to wallow in my sadness, but I need to take that sadness and that anger. Turn it into power. Yeah. Let it fill you. Yeah. I get you. I get you. And I heard about that story as well, which isn't the first and unfortunately not the last, but I want us to be encouraged by doing better. That's it. Katie. Thank you, Stacey. Katie. I think for me, the ugly is when people remain silent. And when we accept the um, unacceptable. Yeah. If you just think about this statement that we we hear all the time, particularly if you are in the DI space around unconscious bias, and we say, oh, everyone has biases. Well, let me tell you something. Once you know that you have biases, what are you doing with it? Yeah because your unconscious bias becomes conscious and that's where the danger is. Because you feel so comfortable by hearing all the time that everyone has biases, that you feel normal not doing anything about it. So that's really the ugly for me. Um, also, listening to, to, to Stacey, um, it's the difference between intent and impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How you treat people, how you make people feel is so important. And you said it earlier, Vivian, so well. You can make someone or break someone. Yeah. So that's the ugly for me. And, um, you know, I can share so many stories of things that I have experienced myself, but we don't have the time for that. But having this platform here with the four of us, you know, sharing um, our knowledge or some of our wisdom is so important. But everyone has a story, regardless. And you don't need to have experienced something. Um, You may not be able to share something that a lived experience, but you you still may be able or in a position where you can listen and learn and expand your own network. Yeah. Um, if you think about the ugly, it's just think about, um, 
COVID-19. Mm. Um, there was a vaccine for COVID. There was no vaccine against racism that is universal. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. I'm speechless, <laughs> but it, it also ties into what I'm about to share. I also have something ugly to share, and that is this part. I think you all have seen, um, it's not about bashing the CEO and it's not about bashing the company, but come on, 2021 and you're using Zoom to mass fire people. Katie just shared right now how you made them feel and it ties into Maya Angelou. It's not what you say, it's not what you do. It's how you make people feel. And if this is the way that you want to leave people by mass firing them on Zoom, I mean, come on, how ugly can this go? How ugly than this? I mean, I, I'm certain that there are more uglier, uh, uglier stories, but to me, this, this is what hitting rock bottom because it happened in 2022 where a company was being bashed because of this and learning from that, apparently the CEO has never read that story and thought it was good to do that where there are so many human ways to deliver this message. So I'm hoping that in 2022, I don't wanna see this story again. I don't wanna see any Zoom or any other platform where you mass fire people because firing people or letting people go, it's a personal matter. Whatever the reason is, you can still treat people and fire them in a human way. Because this, this will, this will, this will come back. Maybe not now, but it will come back later on. And I, I truly believe in karma as well. So, I just wanted to share that. I also see a lot of com comments coming here. Uh, Segunda is sharing. It's not work that makes you leave the company, but the people you are working along. People make culture, workspace impact your mental well-being, and that's, that's so true. That's so true. Most of the majority of people are leaving their manager. So here's a challenge for the company that are rethinking the performance rating or review of the manager, maybe adding how many people are leaving the company and how many, um, what's the diversity ratio from that team and making managers accountable for the leakage within their team. Because if there are many black women leaving their team, or if there are many people with neurodiversity, or if they aren't hiring, you know, keeping the age aspect evenly, there is something happening there that is causing your company bad press. Are you willing to save the manager or are you willing to uphold your inclusive brand? That's something that you have to ask yourself as well. So thank you, Asuguna, for sharing that. I see Celia, who has been a previous guest. Sadly, 2021 has already seen at least 20, 50 transgender or gender variant people fatally shot or killed by other violent means. means. The majority of these people were Black and Latinx transgender women. And let's do our best to protect these transgender women in the future. Let's do our best because 
2021 it's not the space or 2022 it's not the space where we are not valuing people who identify themselves in a different way that's it that's it and also Sukunai sharing how nicely you are all putting your life lessons so thank you all for sharing that and I am so grateful for you all sharing personal insights but also sharing the good the bad and the ugly it sounds almost like a movie it's not going to be a movie because we at least I and I, I hope that you all agree with this we want you all to do better we all want you all to learn from these lessons and do better and don't feel like you need to wait until the organization or until your manager say something because you as an individual you have power as well what you do with that power like peter uh what is it uh peter park is saying his uncle is saying right you with great power comes great responsibility and we all have great power within us any last words katie i would say that um every action counts and it's now and it's us mm. together Love that. Thank you. Stacy. I want to echo all of these sentiments and absolutely we are all capable and we have the power, right? As you said, we've been watching all the Spider-Mans too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Boy, mom. Uh, I, I think that for a lot of people, they do feel like, well, I'm only one person. What difference can I make? And whatever it is, you start within your family, your social circles, you can, you have a voice and you have power. Yeah. I, I hope everyone takes that away. And to echo also what Stacy says, even though I started out as one, I connected myself with Anita and connected myself with other people and connected and connected and connected with like-minded people. It's, Find your change makers, find the advocates that share the same fire, share the same passion, share the same dream, because together you stand so much stronger than being alone. So start on LinkedIn, maybe on Twitter, or maybe on other platforms and build a relationship also as well. Anita. Hmm. Yes, I'm just gonna echo action. It's all about action. We need mm -hmm. action and not tomorrow, but today. Mm. The first action that I'm going to take is thank you all for being true, amazing, inspirational women. Because five years ago, maybe 20 years ago when I started, I felt very alone. And now I feel so much empowered knowing so many powerful black women which is important for me not saying that they aren't powerful white women but there's only one thing that i can say and you all understand it's the the nod or it's our story or it's our connectivity the fact that we all have children and that we want to do better for our kids knowing that we all are dealing with double parenting and the fact that we want to advocate for inclusive workplaces now, not 10 years, not 20 years. We want them now. 
So I salute you. I am grateful for you all. And thank you, everybody. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you, Vivian. <laughs> Can I add one, one quick thing? Of course. Very quick. Um, we talked about authenticity. Mm. And I would like really the audience to um, take away that everything you do, uh, mm. particularly in the space of diversity, equity, inclusion, and yeah. belonging, you should be consistently authentic in what you do. That's the most uh, important currency and the long-term strategy. Be mm -hmm. intentional in, in, in what you do. That's really important. Yeah. Because if you're telling me that you want to advocate for me or you want to be my ally, I mean, it's not a hat that you wear. You wake up and say, oh, I want to become your ally. An ally is a lifestyle. So mm -hmm. I want to leave that with the audience. That's It is so important. So important. Be authentic. Intentional. That's the best currency and long-term strategy. I have no words to say. The only thing that I'm sharing is, Katie, you... It was fire. You left me speechless. The next episode will be in two weeks with Torin Ellis and Marsha. Two amazing people who are doing the utmost of rocking the DEI domain where we are going to talk about 2022. What do we need to do to amplify diversity, equity, and inclusion? But for now, I wish you adieu, goodbye, and hope to see you in the next year with a lot of fuel. And um, I hope that you challenge yourself to become more inclusive in 2020. 22 and wish you a healthy new year. Bye, everybody. <laughs> bye bye.